Bibles, turn to the book of 2 Kings, chapter 19. Uh, 2 Kings. Uh, how do we respond when we face difficulties uh, or distresses? Or when we get some bad emails? How do you respond? Pastors will know when we talk about getting uh, emails that are totally uh, discouraging, disappointing. Uh, sometimes uh, we feel angry, and uh, but we have to control ourselves. Here is Hezekiah, uh, the king of uh, Judah, a good king, a godly king, who followed after the Lord Jesus Christ, who followed in the steps of his father David, uh, and was a God-fearing king. But then he had, uh, he had problems with the Assyrian king, King Sennacherib, and uh, his general Rabbishek, who come and bring him a message, a message of destruction, a message that will, uh, saying that they will come and siege the city of Jerusalem and that they will destroy and defeat, a message that they are beginning to mock the God of heaven. And that's what the world does today. It mocks the Christians, doesn't it? They mock people who believe the word of God. And they laugh at Christianity. You know, uh, sometimes it is sad even when your own family members say something like that. One of my brother-in-laws one time, we were talking about the word of God. And he was so shocked. I know he's not saved. Uh, Pray for him. Uh, But... He said, how could you believe that nonsense? The word of God. You see? And they claim to be Christians, but sometimes even Christians doubt God's word. You see? And they question. And they begin to change and begin to accommodate themselves to the philosophies of God's word. But I said, truth never changes, like we heard this morning in the Sunday school hour. It never changes. The word of God is truth. The Bible reminds us, the psalmist reminds us that the word of God is pure as silver tried in the furnace of fire. Seven times so is the word of God. Pure in its purest sense. The word of God is eternal. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not. The Lord Jesus Christ reminded the disciples that his word is what? Truth. His word is life. And that's what you and I hold today in our hands. This is the most precious thing that you can have in your possession today. Is the word of God. But how often do we open it, read it, and study it? And meditate upon what it says. You see, Hezekiah knew the word of God. Hezekiah knew who the God of heaven was. Hezekiah knew the power of the God of heaven. But still, he had that little fear. And that little doubt in his life. That's what we see in uh, Hezekiah uh, in 2 Kings chapter 19. And it came to pass when the king Hezekiah heard it, that he rent his clothes, covered himself with sackcloth, and went into the house of the Lord. So he was in great distress. He was failing a lot of pressure. 
He was gripped with fear that the, uh, the enemies of God will come and destroy the land of Judah. They will besiege the city of Jerusalem, the city of God. That they would face a lot of, lot of difficulties, challenges, and death. That was the fear probably gripped Hezekiah. He listened to the message that these men sent. You see, look at in chapter 18, we see what Rabbashek says unto the king of Hezekiah and his people. He says to the Lord, in verse 28 of chapter 18, he says, verse 28, Then Rabbashek stood and cried with a loud voice to the Jewish life speaking, Hear the word of the great king, the king of Assyria. He's saying, look what the king of Assyria will do. He will come and utterly destroy you. Look, where are the other kings of the world? He says, I will come, I will take away your wealth, I will take away your possessions, I will take away everything. But you need to make a league with us if you want. My friends, we can never make the league with the world, can we? We should never compromise. Never give in to the world. Because the Bible says, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. So often we want to compromise and so often we want to accommodate in our Christian life. But we need to have convictions and take a stand like the disciples did. Not compromising. And taking a stand alone for God like Daniel did. Daniel did not compromise with the decree that was decreed. By the presidents who made King Darius sign into law that no man should ask of anyone or any God other than King Darius. For 30 days, they attacked Daniel. Attacked Daniel. What was important for him was his God. They attacked the God that Daniel loved. They wanted him not to seek and commune with his God. They wanted to destroy him spiritually. But thank God Daniel took a stand like Hezekiah. You see, they did not give in to the message of the world. They did not accept, but they turned to the God of heaven, the ruler of heaven and earth, and took a stand for him. Yes, Daniel was cast into the lion's den. I like when I read Daniel chapter 6. You know, when the law was signed, Daniel goes back to his house and opens the windows towards Jerusalem like he did always. Never changed. His standard, his love for God, no matter the, no matter what he was facing, whether death or life, he says, I will stand faithful to God. 
And that's what we need today in Christianity. Where men and women who have great convictions and stand for the truth and not compromise in any form, whether by life or death. Yes, they may mock our God. They may mock our message. They may mock our lifestyle. But my friends, we will triumph eventually. Truth always triumphs. Amen. The Lord Jesus Christ will triumph. He will come as the King of kings. And the Lord of lords. He shall set his throne. In Jerusalem. Look at the mess they have right now. huh? But this is all has to be. You see the prophecy of God. Unfolding in our very eyes. Don't worry about what's happening. In Middle East. God is in control. That's his city. It's his people. You see, there was they were interviewing, I thought about it, you know, when we think about Hezekiah and all, they were worried people tried to come and besiege and destroy Israel. One of the soldiers they were interviewing, he said, Yes, people don't love us, they hate us, they want to destroy us. There were many people that came and conquered Jerusalem. Where are they? But we are still here. Why? Because they are God's people. Whether you like it or not, they are God's people. He will set up his kingdom. He will sit on the throne of David one day. And every knee shall bow. And every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. It's coming, folks, very quickly. I don't know when, but it's coming. Are you ready? We're not looking for signs. We're looking for the voice, the sound. The sound of the trumpet, the call of God. That's what Christian church should be looking for. No signs. God didn't give a sign to the children of Israel. Only sign he gave them was the sign of Jonah. That's all. He says all these things shall happen. But these are just beginning the days of sorrow. And what they see today is the days of sorrow for Israel. You see Hezekiah faced the same challenge. Assyrians coming. Destroying to destroy him. But we see the message was received by Hezekiah. The the mocking that he bore of his God. We see how the method of the enemy they wanted to destroy is by what? Doubt and discouragement. That's what the enemy does. Today we doubt. We doubt the word of God. We doubt what God says. My friends, do not doubt God's word. It is eternal. It is pure. You see. And whatever God says will come to pass. And so we need to trust his word. Follow his instructions. Know the word of God. So often many Christians know the word of God. But they don't are obedient to the word of God. You see. 
Many Christians today, with all that we see today in the Christian circle, they know God's word. They know what the word of God teaches. But we don't want to obey. Just like Jonah. When you read Jonah chapter 2, oh man, he was coding all the Psalms. Psalm 18, Psalm 4. He, he was coding. But he did not want to obey the word of God. Right? He went to, he did not want to go to the Ninevites. He did not want them saved. Isn't that what it is about us today? We don't want to follow God's instructions. We don't want to heed to God's words. But let's look at Hezekiah. How did he respond when he faced difficulties? When he faced challenges? When he faced some distressing um, uh, messages? You look, a distressing letter he received. Verse 14, and Hezekiah received the letter of the hand of the messenger and read it. And Hezekiah went into the house of the Lord. Where do you find your answers is in God. In his word. You go to prayer. You know, I like Hezekiah. Hezekiah did not turn to the psychologists and the social and the PhDs of his day, of his community. He turned to the man of God. Who did he send? If you look at it, and Hezekiah talked about it, and he looked in verse 3, he says, This is the day of trouble and rebuke and blasphemy. You see? And so Hezekiah says they're reproaching the living God. They're making a mockery. So Hezekiah sends his servants to the man of God to find God's answers. To the prophet Isaiah. And look at what Isaiah says. Look at what God gives. You know, God gives us encouragement. His word gives us encouragement. When we go to godly people for godly counsel, who open the scriptures and give us counsel from God's word, you know we're getting good counsel. He sought godly men. He saw the man of God. And there Isaiah tells him what? Thus, then Isaiah said unto them, Thus shall he say to your master, in verse 6 of chapter 19, Thus said the Lord, Be not afraid of the words which thou hast heard, which the, which the servants of the king of Assyria have blasphemed me. Look, God will send a blast. He will destroy. You see? And he says, Rabashek and Shinnekerab will return back to their land without shooting one arrow, without shooting one thing on the city of Jerusalem. What a promise of God. His protection. For his children. That's our God. That's whom we believe. And so we see his dedication. Was to present the request before God. His plea. You see. He begins to pray before the Lord God of heaven. In verse 15. He says. And Hezekiah prayed before the Lord. And said. O Lord God of Israel. Which dwellest between the cherubims. Thou art God. Even thou alone. Of all the kingdoms of the earth. Thou hast made heavens and earth. And he says. Lord hear. Thou thy pr the prayer of thy servant. 
Oh, we thank God that God hears your prayers and mine today, isn't it? The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are attentive to their cry. We can go to God in prayer wherever we are, in whatever place we are, in whatever situation we are in. We can go and pray just like Daniel did. He prayed in his house. He prayed in his den. Just like the three Hebrew men. They were in the fire. Before the fire. In the fire. They prayed praising God. It does not matter where we are. We can lift off our voice before God. And plead. And I like. Our refuge is in the Lord Jesus Christ. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. They, they, and the righteous run into it and are what? Safe. God is our refuge and strength. A present help in time of trouble. Cast all your care upon him for he careth for you. What promises we have in God's word. When we face difficulties, when we face trials. That's what he told Joshua, have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage. Neither be thou dismayed, for I am the Lord thy God. I'm with thee whithersoever thou goest. Wherever you go, my presence shall go with you. I am with you. In your trials, in your pain, in your sorrow, in your difficulties, in your distress, whatever situation you are, the Lord promises his presence with us. That's what Nebuchadnezzar said when he saw the three men. He says, haven't we thrown three men in the furnace? Now I see the fourth as a son of God. Hallelujah. Even in the fire, we have the presence of God. does not matter where we are. He never leaves us. Nor forsakes us. That's our God. Do you believe in this God? And if you do. Are you living. For this God. Can people see Christ. In you and me. In my country we don't need to preach. What people need to see. Is Christ in me? Can they see Christ in me? Can they see the love of Christ in me? Can they see that compassion of Christ in me? See, we know a lot of knowledge, but we are we practically living that knowledge in our lives? You see, his prayer was to, for God to deliver and that how he praises God. Our time goes, we'll look at his deliverance. His deliverance. God delivers his people. He keeps his promises. He keeps his covenant. He's a covenant-keeping God. He never leaves nor forsakes us. And when you look at it, you see God's presence are with him. You see... And then look at verse, I like verse 34 and all down. You see, look what the Lord says in verse 34. For I will what? Defend this city to save it for my own sake and for my servant David's sake. 
Oh, I will never break my covenant. I will protect the city. I will save it. My friends, that's the same promise you and I have today. God will never forsake us. His presence will go with us. He is with you and me today. And look at verse 35. You see, they did not need any nuclear weapons, right? We are worried about nuclear wars today, but they need to worry about the judgment of God today. No nuclear weapon can stop the judgment of God when it comes. You see? Verse 35, And it came to pass that night, the angel of the Lord went out and smote in the camp of the Assyrians, and hundred four score and five thousand. Hundred and forty five thousand people. How many? What army did God send? One. That's the power of our God. That's the God we worship, folks. Why do we live in fear? Why do we live in doubt? Why do we live in sadness and without hope and bear our shoulders down? It does not matter. He will deliver his people. He will defend his people. He will protect. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him. And he delivereth them. Do you believe this? Do you believe the promises of God? Do you stand on the promises of God? Our churches are weak because we don't believe the word. Our churches are weak because we don't live the word. My friends, when we believe and obey and walk, we will transform the world. Daniel, one man, changed a nation. King Darius said there's no other God in heaven. Other than the God of Daniel. We can change. We don't need a big army. We need the Lord. On our side. Do you believe in this God? Do you believe in his power? Do you believe in his presence? Do you believe in the hope that we have. In Christ today. Do you believe this God? And would you live for him? And testify for him? God bless you. Pastor.